we're going to pick up this week, really kind of picking up from two weeks ago. We, um, we covered a message two weeks ago entitled, How Are You Building? And so today, we're going to talk about where's the materials list. Not the how of building, but what I'm using to build in my life. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning with verse 10. And this is what the word says. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. This is Paul speaking. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw... Each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer a loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. There's three points we're going to talk about today out of this passage. The first one is everyone is building. It's not an option. It's not a, it's not a, I haven't decided to start yet, but everyone is building. The second point is going to be you choose the materials. And the third one, much in line with what we're experiencing right now, there is an inspection. That's what we're going to talk about. So let's, talk, let's start first thing with everyone is building. Every action, every decision, every move we make is building in our lives. We don't, we really don't like to think about this, uh, and God's just really kind of been dealing with me about this for the last week, because we like to believe that, that, um, we have certain moments where we're building our spiritual life, but then the rest of the time we may know it's not really building our spiritual life, but, but, but we don't think that it's affecting anything else. When in reality, everything that we do, every decision we make, every, even every word we speak, um, man, it's building up our lives. Let, let's go to Jude just for a moment. Jude chapter 20. Or, well, it's, it's uh, one chapter, verses 20 and 21. He says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up. Catch that. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. That, that key phrase there... That, Building yourselves up. I think one of the challenges we face is sometimes we refer to our past, we refer to our experiences, we refer to what someone has done to us, but ultimately the responsibility of building in our lives is between the individual and God. Do these things that have happened shape us and affect us? Sure they do. 
But it's one of those rare things in life where that nobody else gets to build on your foundation in your life. The only way that anyone else gets to build on your life and on your lot, if you will, is if you allow them to. It's, it's your foundation. It's your life. It's your... There are things that can begin to affect. There are things that can come against you. But in the power of God Himself through Jesus Christ, then we are able to choose and to build ourselves up. One of the problems that happens sometimes is that we look to other people to be the ones to build us up in our lives. And so when they build us up on certain things, then we almost give them the authority to tear us down on certain things because we didn't build it. We weren't part of that process. We just wanted to contract our life out and have someone else build it for us, give us our identity, give us our sense of worth, all things which only come through Christ that only come through God, that if we try to get them any other place, then they will be something that we did not build, which is not in line with what God wants us to do. Acts chapter 20, verse 32, he says, And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So from our part, Jude reminds us, he says, building yourselves up. From God's part, then we see that he says, I, com I commend you to God and to the word of His grace. Two things. I commend you to God. I commend you to His word. And these things are able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Trust in God is important, but it must be accompanied by obedience to His word. When we're going to build our lives and the materials that we're going to use to build it, trusting God in things is important. But you can say you trust God all day, but if you won't be obedient to God's Word, then you really don't have trust in God. Because you can't say you trust one who then tells you then do this, and you say, well, but I don't want to do that. I was engaged in a conversation this week and, and we're actually going to talk some about this next week so I don't want to get, get too far ahead of myself but I thought about it as Sean was sharing this morning that um, a life of obedience in Christ oftentimes uh, th through many different things many, many different things it can, it can be health it can be, it can be uh, uh, the, the effects of just a fallen world that, that happens to us. But the life of obedience in Christ often calls us to sacrifice. Jesus said, if anyone wants to come after me, let them first deny themselves. Take up their cross daily and follow me. Trusting God is important, but it must be accompanied by obedience to the Word. You can say all day, oh, I trust God, I trust God. But then when God says, then do this, no, I, I, that's too hard. That's too difficult. That, that hurts too much. Or, no, that's going to cost too much. Or, you know, I really don't want to give that up. Then Acts 20, 32, I commend you to God. Great, trust God. And to the word of His grace. Sometimes I think we want God to build us up, but we really don't want His word to build us up. Because His Word 
tells us things that we need to do. His Word tells us places where we need to be obedient. We just want God to, to supernaturally build us up. We just want God to build up the house for us and we don't have to do any work. We'd like to sit back on the sideline and, and say, God, you're doing a great job building my life. I, but, but you know, could you, could, could you not use that particular material in that area? Because I, I was really hoping for, for you know, about two levels above that. You know, God, God could, you, what, could, you, could you add a wing on Right? You know? God, I, I want to sit over here, and, but I want to be on the sideline. I don't want to have to be engaged in the, in the process. But the reality is that we're all building. And if we are building in obedience, it will ensure that we choose the proper materials with which to build. Building in obedience. Ah, I'm going to save that question for later. That'll make you wonder. The second point is that you choose the materials. This is a, I'm going to be honest, guys, this was a sobering thought to me this week. That you and I choose the things that we build with in our lives. This isn't, nobody else chooses. We've got to go back. Nobody else chooses for you. They can try to. They can try to influence. They can try to direct you. They can tell you from the time you're a child, you're stupid, you're ignorant, you'll never be anything, you'll never amount. But honestly, they don't get to choose. It may hurt, it may be painful, maybe something God has to deliver us from as we get older. But ultimately, in the end, you are not bound by that. You are not bound by what anyone has said about you. You're not bound by what anyone has done to you. You're not bound by what anyone said you'll never be able to accomplish. Those are things that have affected you and they have hurt and they have been terrible into your life. But I, I, I want you to know that God wants to set you free to build your life the way He intended. You know, we keep, we keep you know, working on this other building. We keep having to go back and say, all right, hang on, what does the plan say? We run over and we go, all right, wait a minute, we need to measure something. We need to... Jesus, God, spoke to us and He said, for I know the plans that I have for you. And I think maybe part of the problem is in the process of us trying to choose materials in our lives, we don't want to have to go back to the plan. We don't want to have to go look to see what the designer said needed to be in our particular lives in order to fall in line with God's code. We, we, we look and we say, but I would like for it to be this way, but it would be better if it was, but I think my life would be more functional if it was this way. And we don't want to have to go back because the plan that God said He already has for our life would define how we were to build. You can't look at somebody else and decide how your life needs to be built. You're not designed to be like somebody else. You're designed to be like what God wanted you to be. You're designed to be the influencer in the circle of people that God wanted you to influence. God has designed you to accomplish a specific plan 
at a specific time, in a specific place, in a specific way. And if we will follow after the designer's plan for our lives and allow him to put the materials and the things into our life, then we will be prepared to walk in the good works that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You can't start trying to build one of these. Well, Caleb and I were at, we we went to Home Depot last night, and uh, it, it, Caleb and Bird and I went to Lowe's and we were looking at some stuff for some materials for the women's restroom <laughs> in the other building. And I said, "Well, hey, we'll run by Home Depot. We'll look and see what they have any different." And so Caleb and I pulled up, and they have a two-story outbuilding. <laughs> I said, look, Caleb, you could live upstairs and Mother could live downstairs. Because she can't get up the stairs. I mean, so she can't. But I said, look at that. It's a two-story. It's a two-story outbuilding. That was $11,000. Now, I want to tell you something. Now, you may be into this tiny house living that, that people are, you know, are getting into or whatever. But you're not going to start with that, that, that little $11,000 outbuilding right there. You're not going to start with that and build that into a mansion. You say, oh, but I could add on. I could do. But you started with something that wasn't, that wasn't as good as what you're trying to end up with. So wait a minute. But I felt that God was going to develop our life. He sure is. He sure is. But God has made you to be a new creation. God has taken your old person and he wants to do away with that. And then he wants to begin to shape and to form and to create. But he's going to build you starting from the beginning with where he is trying to end. So wait a minute. Are you saying that my life is already going to be in order? Absolutely not. Sorry. But God, the designer, knows what the end is. You know, sometimes, you know how we mess stuff up a lot of times in our lives? is because we start without having any idea of what the end's supposed to be. We do things in our lives without thinking about it. We often tell younger people, and we all have lived it. Now, if we're just going to be honest, when after I say this, you're going to say, yeah, that's me. We have all made decisions and done things that after the fact we went, I wish I'd thought that through before I did that. Yeah. Right? You know, it wasn't that we didn't have enough intelligence to identify what we just didn't take the time to think about the end of a thing before we begin something. The Bible talks about that. The Bible says if a man is going to build a tower, does he not stop and count the cost? In order to determine whether or not he may be able to, to afford this, in essence, lest he get halfway through and he run out of money and can't finish and his neighbors make a mockery of him and say, look, he wasn't able to finish. A lot of things in our lives. If we don't begin to seek for God to show us a direction to go, because the, the reality is we can't see the end. So when we go through this process of trying to choose, well, God, how should I build my life? Yes, the responsibility falls on us. We're going to make the choice. But we better make the choice being led by God. And sometimes God is going to tell us that, hey, you're going to have to do some work we all know. You guys know. You've been, we've been doing this for 10 months in this other building. There is a lot of people's work that nobody's going to see. Right? Man, we got pictures of us over there cut, you know, running the saw, trying to cut concrete. Sean did all this concrete work. You know what? It's all covered up now. <laughs> That's a good thing. All that initial... <laughs> 
All that initial concrete stuff that got cut out, taken out, poured in, it's all covered up now by flooring. There's a, there's a, a pad and a ramp that's poured over the other part. You, you don't see it anymore. There's a lot of work that it's not, it's not fancy. It's not the stuff that people are going to look and go, oh, look at that great finish work. But if you don't do that right, even though no one may ever see that stuff, then none of the other things that you do come out right. How we choose to build and what we choose to build with. And the fact, man, that scares me half to death that I am the one who ultimately chooses what's ha how I'll build in my life. And it pushes me and drives me in thinking through this to go, God, I need you. Every day I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh God, how I need you. Why? Because I'm going to make some choices today about what I do, about what I say, about how I act, about what I think. And God, if I don't have you to lead and guide and direct me, I'm going to build something onto my life that's not right. Mm, yes. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 3 says, By wisdom a house is built. Listen to this. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Now, he's not trying to tell you about how you get money and all this stuff. He's making a point here, you know? Think about this in context of what we're talking about. So, by wisdom, the Bible says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally and upbraideth not. He doesn't withhold. So by wisdom, a house is built. By understanding then, so you can build it. And have you ever seen one? Okay, so you've built something, but then you'll see a, you'll see a sign sometimes on a, piece of, on a piece of property, on a building one that says established in. People started doing that in houses even. They, you know, they, they built a new house that established in this. So you can build it, but then you get established in it, but then you can fill it up. Now let's just be honest. Okay, I'll be honest for me, all right? Y'all can be honest for y'all. I'll be honest for me. I, I was sitting yesterday morning doing, doing, sitting there doing my Bible reading, and, and I was on our back porch because for the last 10 months, there's not a whole lot of stuff got done around my house. And so, so I have about three or four major open projects that, that have been open for going on to a year because of all this other stuff that we're doing. But I'm sitting there, and I'm looking, and I thought, man... There's some church stuff there. There's stuff that I, you know, nine months ago near about that I, I bought Bible study stuff and everything for us to be able to do, especially once we move. And I was just like, man, that is great. But, man, we got some junk, man. <laughs> they just, we got junk. You know, it's not that it's bad stuff, but, you know, when you don't use it and it's just sitting around, you might as well just call it what it is. We got some junk because we're not using it for anything. You know, and so I'm looking around at that stuff and I was thinking, wonder if my life's like that sometimes. I got some stuff, but I don't use it. It's not benefiting me really in any way, but I don't want to let it go because I say, oh, but I worked hard to get that and I found that on sale. <laughs> right? You got stuff in your life that you're going, yeah, that's even worse. Some people give you some stuff for free. Oh, let's just go ahead now. We'll take that and run with it. You know? There's people that ride down the road. Now, let's just be honest. Let's be honest now. This repurposing thing has birthed a whole new level of junk. All right? 
because you riding down the road looking at other people's junk that they threw out of their life. Oh, come on now. They done threw it out their life. See, you're going to make me start talking like that now. They done threw it out their life. And you pull alongside and go, I think I can make something out of that. Now, if we were... It's my phrase for today. Let's be honest. If you look, you'd say, do I need what I'm going to make out of that? No. Do I really have the time to do that? No. Why do I want to do it? Because you ain't got no other plan for what you're doing with your time. Because if you did, you'd be saying, you know what? That'd be cool, and that'd be neat to do, and I could make a chair-holding potted plant with a chalkboard behind it <coughs> so I could write what the, you know, what the spices are that's on that. But don't nobody need it. I'm not going to keep it if I make it. And I really could spend that time in God's Word. I probably could spend that time in prayer. I probably could spend, you know what, there's somebody down the street that they're a widower or they're a widow and they need somebody to just come sit on the porch and tell them, hey, you know what, God loves you and how you been doing and I, now look, I'm not picking on you guys. I got weird hobby stuff, you know, like that too. I like to do some of that stuff. But God's having to, he's, he's having to ask me some questions this week. That is a moment that I'm building in my life. Is it valuable to be doing it? I'm not saying don't do it. Don't anybody misunderstand me today. But I'm saying we got to start asking ourselves about the things and the, the, the decisions and what we're doing in our lives and say, what is this building into my life versus what I could be building into my life? Wisdom will make us decide and see things that are good and things that are best. By wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. But by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Listen to that. Here's a reality. I think for a lot of people's lives, they've, they've built their life. They're establishing their life, but it is empty. It looks good. You know, remember Jesus told Pharisees about this one point. He said, hey, you, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You look all good on the outside, but you're full of dead men's bones on the inside. Look, you can, you can build your life. You can establish your life. But sometimes the very knowledge of God, the very knowledge of who He is, the knowledge of what He wants to do in your life, the lack of that is what keeps your life, the rooms of this thing that you've built from being filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Jesus gave an example of this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27. He said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. You guys know this story. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great 
was the fall of it. One of the most interesting things to me about that story is in both cases, everything that you would have seen, we get no indication that visually there was any real difference, it seemed, in the two houses. He doesn't say the wise man used all the best materials. He just says the wise man in his building built upon the right foundation, which was, honestly, one of the materials. Then the other guy says, hey, he built a house, but he foolishly built and, and built his whole life on something that when the difficulty came, not only did it fall, but great was the fall. Can you imagine? Think about this. He's, he's not saying this was a shack. He wasn't saying, oh, this is somebody who there, this house they built, their life, it was all in shambles anyway. No. He says this thing was huge. It was massive. It was well built. But the foundation, the material that was used at the very beginning, listen to that, think about that. The thing that you couldn't see the thing that wasn't pretty, it, it wasn't what people would look at your life and go, oh, man, look at that great car you've got. Look at that great house you've got. And they got fantastic clothes. And man, they got money to spend. And they can take these great vacations and do all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, life collapses. And it, and it seems like that, that the more it had been built up, the greater that the fall appeared. Because here was this majestic thing that everyone thought was this wondrous house. And a storm comes and this guy is still fine and these houses that look essentially the same and this one just falls completely to pieces. We choose the materials. But the materials list is found in the Word. And failure to follow it results in a weakened and an unstable Structure. Here's, here's one of the things that I realized this week. Many people believe that the cheap choices in their lives are okay because they haven't experienced the effects yet. But we all know, anybody that's ever built anything, try to, I mean, I don't care if you're an artist and you were trying to, you use cheap junk. It used to be a, it used to be a great commercial. Crescent, which by the way, it's not a crescent wrench. Just, I'm just going to throw that out there just in case anybody wants to know. It is an adjustable wrench. Crescent is a brand. Just want to throw that out there. Side note, that one's free. I'm not charging for that one. It's kind of like saying I need a Kleenex. It's not a Kleenex. It's a tissue. Kleenex is a brand. Anyway, side note, that was free. Crescent used to have a commercial because they, all, they don't just make wrenches. They make pliers and all that stuff. And it said, Confucius say, man who buy cheap pliers gets all the bricks. Y'all get that here in a minute. Yeah. Look, there's some stuff I can tell. How many of y'all can tell if somebody in your house bought the off-brand of some food? Yeah, let's go ahead and speak it. What is it? Which one is it? What is it that you can't, that you can't stand to eat the off-brand? What is it? Cereal. Cereal. Ramen noodles. Okay. All right. <laughs> Because there is an off-brand. That's crazy that there could be an off-brand of like a 25-cent noodle pack, but, but, but they do make one. And they're like 15 cents. No. What else? What else? 
cream. Peanut butter, ice cream, ice cream, cheese, mayonnaise. Man oh, oh, bird. Oh. Uh-huh. Now, how many of you, you don't mind? There's some stuff that you don't mind eating the cheap brand. All right. What do you not mind eating the cheap brand of? Bread, milk, sugar, crackers. But you got some stuff. Are, are, are y'all like me? I'm, I, I, I consider if somebody gets, I'll eat the cheap peanut butter. You know, it doesn't, I, don't, I don't care per se. But I know that that's what it is. I, they, they gave me a Diet Dr. Pepper the other day at, at uh, Jack's. And oh, I was like, oh, 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 what is this? I mean, I mean, you can taste it, right? All right. There's some stuff you're not okay with cheap choices in your life. There's some things that you will say, there is no way. I, if I go to the store, I am not buying this cheap peanut butter. That's right. All right. Now I'll skimp somewhere else if they're, you know, if we're going, you know, or toilet paper, because <laughs> if you get the brakes there, that's not good. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's not good right there. That is not good. All right. But look, so, so we will go to the grocery store and we will be looking at peanut butter, cheese, I heard, I, you know, you name it, all kind of ice cream, whatever else, and you will look and go, no, I am not buying that. But in your life, you will take cheap choices on stuff. We are more particular about ice cream, cheese, peanut butter. Come on, you know than we are about some of the cheap choices that we've made in life. Mm -hmm. And and here's why, here's how we excuse it. Here's how people excuse buying cheap junk. Let's let's be honest. They'll go, well it'll last me for a while. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I was having a conversation with one of my guys at work um, just this past week and he he asked me about buying something. I don't even remember what it was. I told him, I said, look, I said, here's my take on uh, deciding whether you need to buy something that is that's cheap and it's going to last you three months and you got to buy it four times then this year or you buy it one time and it lasts all year. Here's my, here's my philosophy on that. Are we short on cash in this company? If the answer is yes, then if buying something that lasts all year costs $100, Versus buying something that's going to last three months and we got to buy it four times and it's $25. So cost is still the same, but we can save cash in the short term. If we need to save cash, buy the, buy the cheap one, use it for three months, then we can spend $25 again, we can go another three months, we ain't got to spend $100 up front. Otherwise, don't buy that cheap junk. Because not only, not only are you spending the time, you got to buy it four times, you got to install it four times. We got downtime while it's happening. All right, now let's just think about life now. You make some cheap choices in life when it comes to your spiritual life. Well, I can't afford. Notice how we, we, we link it to that. I can't afford to take time today to be in the work. Well, when your cheap life breaks. Come on. <laughs> oh, well. Then you're going to be able to afford it, right? Yeah. Right? Then you're going to be able to, because all of a sudden now you're going to be all up in some prayer. You're going to be spending hours up in prayer. 
You're going to be all up in God's Word because you couldn't afford it back here when you thought you could get by for a while. But then when, when your cheap life breaks that you've built, all of a sudden, hey, I, I, we, we got to stop. Everything got to go on hold. We need to put all the resources toward, toward this. The terrible thing about life and even just building, period, is a lot of times poor materials take time to show up. Because it will last for a while. It may get you through a couple of times. It may get you a year or two down the road, and then all of a sudden it fades. When something else would have went 15 years before it would have faded. All of a sudden, you know, you can do something, and, well, you know, it didn't break right off the bat. But then it breaks somewhere down the road. But, but for that time period, you're going, hey, look at that. Got by. Didn't cost me as much. I didn't have to put it. I could do something else I wanted to do in my life. The problem is that third point, that there is going to be an inspection. Just like our building project over there. Hey, this week... I'm, I'm meeting with a city inspector and city engineer. They're going to come walk through. It's not going to be the formal inspection, but they're coming to walk through at my request just to see if they see something we're not seeing. And I know, I know these guys have gotten tired of hearing me say it, but I'm always going, we need to go check the plan. We've got to go look at the plan. We've got to see what's on, on the plan. You, you know why? You know what's always been? Because I, I know that there's going to be an inspection. I know I'm going to stand there with a guy that I have no authority, and he has all authority. Now, you hear this from the spiritual that we're talking about. I know I can't make him do anything. All I can say is we have followed the rules. This is like it's supposed to be because here's a plan. Here's the standards. This is what we did. Life is that way, guys. One, one day we're going to stand before God. And we're not going to be able to say, well, God, it didn't make sense to me to have to do it that way. It didn't make sense for my life to have to. I know, I know you had a plan, and I know you authorized it, and I know you gave it to us, and then I know you gave us your word that gives us a materials list on how our life ought to look. But I, I didn't think that was... I, that wasn't what I wanted to do. I mean, you wanted me to build a house, and I was wanting to build one of those strip malls. You know? That's kind of where I was wanting to go. And he's going, that's not the plan. There's going to be an inspection. The, the verse that we read there, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 13, he said, each one's work will become manifest. In other words, what you've done, even the stuff that no one else can see. So the interesting thing right now, we, we know this. It's, it's the best example that I have right now. The easiest thing that we know about uh, stuff that we've done in this other building is if we had chosen to like cheat the material side or, you know, or not do some stuff, a lot of it would be hidden. A lot of it you wouldn't see. That's not going to be the situation with God. You know, thank goodness we've had integrity and we've done things the way that, that, that they should be done. So we don't have to worry about what they, what they come and see over in this other building. But I have to be 
honest enough with myself, and we need to be honest with ourselves and look and say, but are there things in my life that other people might not would see, but I know that when God looks at my life, he sees it, and at some point that work is going to be made manifest. At, at some point, all the hidden stuff is going to be shown. Why? Because the day, big D, the day will disclose it. What day? That day when we stand before God. A lot of people, they, they uh, promote the concept without explaining the concept of that, that there is no judgment seat for believers. That's not exactly true. There is not a judgment seat about salvation for believers because that is already settled. But what we're seeing in this passage, we're fixing to look at it again, I'm going to give you a couple other ones, is that we will stand before God for our works to be judged. It's an interesting thing. Salvation comes by grace and not through works. Evaluation by God is not against your salvation, but it is against the life that we have lived. Yes. It's not about determining whether you get into heaven. That's settled with salvation. But this judgment seat, when, when you hear people more properly refer to it as the judgment seat of rewards, that is what he says. He says, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Romans 14, 12 says this, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. This is the example that popped in my head. Picture yourself, y'all remember, the, you used to have a school science or social studies fair, but then you also had a county one. They had one that you could go to. Then if you, if you placed in the top tier in your school then, you would go and represent your school, and, and you, then you'd have all the different schools. Now think about that county level science fair, social studies fair. Anybody ever build a volcano? I didn't build a volcano, but you know, what was you put You put uh, vinegar and bacon soda and all that stuff, you know, and make the big mess and all that color it red, you know, so it looked like lava. So picture yourself at that county fair. The, the, the deal at the county fair, once you're at that level, it wasn't about your grade. Your grade had already been established. That had been taken care of at the school level. Now what were they doing? You were being evaluated. It wasn't about did you pass? Did you have a good grade? All that stuff had already been established. Now they're evaluating how good your project is. You've already met a certain level. That's what this, as we recognize that we've chosen these materials and that there's going to be an inspection, that's the process where we're going to stand before God. It's not going to be a question about your grade. You've already passed because of Jesus Christ and the work that He did. That was finished. That's finished on the cross. When you receive Him, that's taken care of. Passing grade. But now, it's going to be, what did you build with? What did you build with? It's about reward then from inspection and this evaluation process. This biblical process gets symbolized by fire consuming the structure that's been built. I mean, you've got to get this, this, this mental image. It's almost like you've built something, and then he says, and then what we're going to do is we're going to torch it. We're going to do our best to burn it. Now, think back to the materials that he referenced. He referenced gold and silver and precious stones and wood, hay, and stubble. Okay. 
So, if you have built with gold and silver and precious stones, we understand that, that there's a purification process and all that can, that can occur with certain levels of heat. But he's drawing a, a, a picture for us. He's saying, hey, the wood, the hay, the stubble, guess what's going to happen? When we torch that, what's going to happen? You're gone. Flammable materials, temporary things will be consumed. This thought hit me this morning. If built with temporary materials, all that you have spent your life on will disappear. I, I'm not making this up. This isn't my opinion. It's what the Word said. He said, look, if anyone's work has burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. What a sobering thought that you could spend your life building things that are of such a temporal nature that then when you go and stand before God, redeemed, delivered, set free, made right, justified with God, but yet then you stand there and God says, look, you are welcome in because of the work that Jesus Christ did in your life. But let's see the work that you did in your life then. What you did. Building on the foundation, because remember Paul said, you can't build on any other foundation than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he says, so, so there's a foundation that we laid in your life when you came to a saving knowledge of Christ. He became the foundation. What did you build in your life on the foundation of Jesus Christ? And you go, here's my house. Here's what I built. Here's my life. And he looks over to the guy on the side, and you stand there, and you watch everything you built burn up with the realization. Maybe you got a little bit left. Maybe you got a room or two that you built it right. You built it out of the right things. Everything else just crumbles and, and burns up. And you stand there before God, knowing that you're, that you're justified, knowing that, that your way has been made in heaven, but realizing my life was to be spent building on the foundation of Jesus Christ something that would be worthy of me offering then to God that would endure. And I just watched it all burn up. You often hear uh, the scripture talked about where it says that, that he'll, there won't be you know, any tears in heaven because that he'll wipe away. He'll wipe away no sorrow. We'll wipe away the tears. I don't think it is just because of the people that are not there. I think that's part of it. I think when we realize the people that, that, that never gave their life to Christ, and, and I think it will be heartbreaking. I think that's one of the tears that God will wipe away. But I also think, I think maybe in, in some areas of our lives, maybe for some folks in a lot of areas of their lives, I think we're going to stand before God. Our works are going to be tested as by fire. And it's going to be just what His Word said. We are going to suffer the loss. Because we're going to say, man, I spent my life on that. And now it's gone. With nothing to offer God out of that. Because it was all temporary stuff. 
And he says, you're going to suffer loss, but yet you'll be saved, but it will be as by fire. Why? How will you be saved as though by fire? Fire purifies. Fire burns away the temporal, the ineffective, the undesired things that we built into our lives. He says that stuff can't come with you into, into heaven. That stuff was, was temporary stuff of the world. All that's got to pass away. Remember, the Bible says that this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Only the things that we do for Christ will last. At the end of the day, when we're evaluating our lives and how we're going to spend, I saw that a friend of, of uh, Bird and Wendy's and ours, the pastor or the, the wife of the guy that was a youth pastor at Harvest before they moved to Texas, um, I saw she, she posted a picture, I think yesterday, of a jar. She said they have two little boys, and uh, she posted a picture of a jar. And it had marbles in it. And I, I think it was like 572 or something like that. And she said, 572 marbles, the number of weeks until they graduate. Just to remind me. And I thought to myself, okay, I'm, I'll be 42 this year. What if, I, what if I made it to be 75? You know, or what if I made it to be 80 or what if I what I, I think it kind of scares me a little bit if, to, to think about this I, but what if I what if I put a jar somewhere in the house and and I figured out how many marbles that was not that I'm promised that but and and I figured out how many weeks that that was and put a jar with those and I started every week taking now how did I spend my life for God this week what did I build? What can I look at spiritually in my life and say, this week I built a room on and it serves this purpose for God. You know, this week I tore that roof off that was, I'd let kind of get in bad shape and, and I, I came back under his covering again It will protect my life. You know, this week, I took and I saw some areas where there was some stuff that was, that was starting to fade. And, man, I, I, I've repainted that. And I freshened that all back up. Or do I have to go, well, I don't know. You know, this week, I think I was hanging out in the hammock in the backyard. You know? I kind of didn't, didn't build anything that was that effective. But the very fact that I didn't let things go. So what are we building with? Then I'm going to have to go to God's Word. I'm going to have to go see, what does He say my life ought to look like? What does He say my day ought to be spent with? Redeeming the time, the Bible says at one point. How does that, how does that happen? What, what does that look like? I think one of the things that we could ask ourselves coming out of this today is 
What would my life look like if I was the kind of believer that I truly think God wants me to be? What would it look like? And I'm talking about being honest with ourselves. Being honest enough to say, well, I probably wouldn't snap off whenever this happens, all right? That's one I'd need to you know. Hey, I probably wouldn't do this when... Hey, I would... I would be doing these things. That will tell me what to build with. <laughs> Here's what I'm challenging you with today is simple question. What is your materials list? 